What's going on? Welcome to another episode of the Mike Janela Show. You know who I am, and this week we're going to get right to her because she is a woman with a jam-packed schedule and made uh, such a gracious effort to give her some of her time to us. Uh, Katie, don't tell any of my other guests, to be honest, that I've had on the show, but I think I'm the most excited for this episode of any episode I've ever done, so I want to give you that honor right off the bat. Oh my goodness, it was a pleasure to be joining you. Thank you. Yeah, to give you the full introduction, you, you go to SI.com, she's there, you turn on WWE Network, you see her giving her, uh, her, her punditry, you go on today's show, iTunes, she's all over the place, Katie Lindendahl, welcome to the show officially, and tell me what it's like to have taken over the world at this point, pretty much. Oh my goodness, so you're, you're too kind, thank you for that very nice introduction. Uh, it's certainly been a journey. I mean, it's been 15 years in the media industry, which probably seems to many, too. That's not too long of a time. But, yeah, I have started behind the scenes as a production assistant and then, you know, worked my way up to – I've spent my entire life in technology. And, of course, my main beats are technology and sports and a lot of wrestling, which I love. <laughs> um, but it's, it's an honor and a blessing to be where I am today. Now, normally, the normal part of the show, we would kind of go through a person's journey and the climb and all that stuff to get to where they are, but you have a very well-curated LinkedIn page, so I would recommend people go there if they want that whole part of it. Um, but I do want to ask you, because, um, you, I mean, you're so successful, it kind of makes me want to puke, because we're sort of the same age, and you've done so much, and it's amazing, and it's really um, really envious and, and very respectable. But what do you think, when you look back at all you've done, you say you've been doing this 15 years, was there one kind of pivotal job or one big break that you look at and you circle and you feel like, all right, that's where, you know, shit started going down in a good way? Absolutely. No, and it's a great question. And I think, you know, I love talking about my background and my journey because I think it's so key for anybody that's trying to make it in media too. Just having that behind the scenes experience, I spent several years at ESPN, took a sports test to get my job right out of college. I started dabbling with final cut. I got a degree in information technology um, from the Rochester Institute of Technology, but I started learning final cut and creative suite and like hardware and software programs all there and fell in love with television production. And then right out of that went to ESPN, as I was saying, in Bristol, Connecticut. And having that experience and working on shows that in a very cutthroat environment where, by the way, it, when you get there at entry level, they decide in six months, and I, I don't know if they're running the program the same way as when I was there, but they decide in six months if they're gonna, you're going to be kept or they're going to cut you. So it is very stressful. Um, you're learning how to edit, produce, manage cameramen, and put shows on the air like Sports Center and Outside the Lines, NBA Fast Break. I mean, it was incredible experience to watch from some of the best in the industry. I can tell you right off the bat, uh, Trey Wingo, who is still there at ESPN and is amazing, one of the top anchors in the world, and also Stuart Scott, who will be greatly missed, were instrumental in helping me and, and watching them and learning from them and being so kind to me. Uh, Trey still to this day and Stuart up until he passed wonderful individuals, but I would say that behind-the-scene experience to not only be talent on camera, but to be part of the production, to be carrying equipment, to be running cameras, to be editing still, having all that to me is so valuable and instrumental and then just being a one-trick pony. And if you're good at it, you might win an Emmy, which I think someone on this show <laughs> has, and it's not me. <laughs> Um, that is a true story. <laughs> <laughs> I love, where do you keep that, by the way? Is that like it, the very first thing people oh. see when you walk in your apartment or where does that? No, I, I'm not, I'm not obnoxious like that, but I gave it to my mom actually, who deserves it much Aww. more than I did because she has made so many sacrifices for me. My whole family has, yeah. um, 
you know, making it in this industry, you go through a lot of times where it's really struggling. I mean, you don't have, you're, you're struggling on getting an apartment and, and just money and financially, you do everything you can to follow your passion and your dream. And my mom has supported me and never handed anything to me. I mean, I grew up in a very uh, small town, blue collar family, and but always been there when I was, you know, really stuck. So now it's time to give back. And I love that she, she comes to a lot of the shows with me, like on today's show, she'll come and she just did my, um, she makes all my costumes. She's a professional costumer. So the other day on today's show, I had like a light up dress. Right, the light up Christmas dress. She's a wonderful part right? of yeah. everything I do. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's really cool to be able to be like, make, you know, it's a it kind of flipping the flipping the scene here. So I help her. That's nice. That's very cute. I, I like any any kind of mom or dad, you know, involvement in anything always gets some oh, props my, from my, me. The rents are way cooler than I am. Way cool. <laughs> um, and they have your Emmy now, too, so they're winning that also. Um, exactly. You mentioned briefly before, sort of in a different context, about not being a one-trick pony and learning a lot, of, as much as possible as you can about the profession you're getting into. But now you've kind of taken that, you know, to, to 11 because you do a million different things. I alluded to just a handful of them at the top of the, of the show here. And I think in entertainment, it seems to be nowadays, you can go one of two ways. You can either really pour yourself into the one thing. I think of like a, like a PewDiePie doing his YouTube you know, gaming reviews. Um, or you can do the, the Seacrest thing where you're producing and you're hosting and you're all over the place 20 hours a day doing something different. And it seems like that's the, the path you've taken where you have so much in your plate. What made you go that way instead of picking maybe one project and devoting all your, uh, all your attention to that? Yeah, it's a great question. I think, you know, it's just my personality. I think there's, I love having so many like irons in the fire and keeping things fresh. I always say, I feel like I'm shot out of a cannon every day. Like <laughs> every day is so different and I'm working on different projects. And I think not being in that one line of one thing keeps me sane too. Um, and in different environments and, I think all the different outlets from working on the wrestling side of things to working on uh, all of my technology stuff, which of course is my background to even covering still a lot of the sports technology side. Every day is different, but it's each, each of those is an innate part of my passion. I will not cover something that I don't have any interest in. I spend way too much time on all of my projects and whether it's a video series for popular science or, you know, a roundup on today's show of the hottest technologies coming out this Christmas. Each one of those is different, and I think we all have different sides of our personality and different things that we like, so it's very genuine to who I am, but um, I love every one of them. So I, I think the answer to that, the short answer, is keeping it fresh. So um, um, this is going to reveal my stalker level 9,000 here. Um, <laughs> I love it. <laughs> yeah, I've, got, I've got your Twitter page up, and I thought I was following you before, but I wasn't. I am now. I just clicked on it. Um, but looking at your tweets, and I see the timestamp. 18 hours ago is your good night. You're, are you team GIF or team JIF? What's your pronunciation? Um, when I was at school, they said it, either one was acceptable. So I would, my professors were very knowledgeable at RIT, little shout out. So I, I, I personally go with GIF, but they said either is okay. Okay, good. I'm, I'm a team GIF, so I'm glad that you're open to, to both sides. Uh, you had your good night Care Bear, it looks like, and then just five hours later... <laughs> You had your uh, your NYC morning commute care bear. So that's five hours, and that includes sleeping and getting up and having this already. Do you sleep? Is this a normal occurrence? How do you stay awake? What's what's the gas that keeps the Katie Linendahl train going? It's so funny. Um, lots of Red Bull. Okay. <laughs> I am just like, I wish there was more hours in the day. I, I, and it's super nerdy. I was like just telling my friend this the other day. I'm, there's so much that I am... 
at the core of me is totally an introvert and just like obsessed with researching. Yeah. So when I get in finally at the end of the day, whether that's 10, 11 o'clock at night or immediate earliest eight or nine, I'm researching like all the, all, all my technology stuff, all my sports stuff, all my rest. I, I love it. Like I dive in and I'm just so curious about all things 360. So I wish there was more hours in the day to do such. And that's why I do not sleep that much. I'm typically working around, yeah, about 19, 20 hour days. Um, and then I just get up and I get some Starbucks and <laughs> get moving. What's your go-to Starbucks order? Second, but, oh my gosh, it's a, a double espresso. That's my jam. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm yep. not a coffee drinker. I've never had a sip in my life. I feel like that puts me at a disadvantage with the rest of the world. But it's always nice to hear what people say. Oh, my gosh. Of... Well, don't, well, don't start because then you'll just need to up your dosage. Right. Like, you know, it's like a drug. Yeah, it's like <laughs> heroin and Starbucks. It's the same thing. So I'm not going to start either right. one. Nah, I made it this far. Um, of all your different obsessions, all the stuff you like, because you mentioned you wish you had more time to even research that. And I'm sure a lot of that, even if you weren't getting paid for it, you'd still like to do it just for fun. I mean, it's wrestling we've touched on. We'll get more into that in a little bit. Um, it's tech. It's uh, comics, I think, a little bit too, right? It's working out, which you seem to make a big part of your life too. Sports, obviously. Mm-hmm. How would you, of all those things you love, how would you rank them? Like of the inner circle of things that your life revolves around, are there any that you put on even more of a pedestal than some of the rest? Definitely. And the first thing that comes to mind is I am borderline obsessed with my real passion pieces on and now it's such like a buzzword, but like the innovations in technology, mm-hmm. I travel the globe looking for very unique stories that just like change me as a person. And I know that I have an obligation to, as a journalist, to share with others. And some of those stories that stand out in my mind, you know, all across the world from, uh, I was tackling, I don't know if you've ever heard of the lionfish, which is a species of fish that is native to the Pacific Ocean. And some moron in Florida decided to dump a few in the Atlantic Ocean, thinking it wouldn't be a problem. Now they are taking over the Atlantic Ocean and ruining ecosystems. I chased this story down for CNN. It took me a month of shooting in the island of Bermuda. I had to get my advanced dive certifications, learn how to spearfish, uh, learn all the new underwater equipment. And from that, I mean, it's one of those stories where, yes, it's amazing to be on the island of Bermuda and in the middle of the Bermuda Triangle and crazy storms diving, But also, it was one of the most compelling stories I've ever had a chance to cover, and it trended on CNN for five days. It sparked tons of interest in several other media outlets and had thousands, tens of thousands of comments with it. So when I can do a piece of that level and that magnitude, those are the ones I can get to, you know, every, I try to do like one every two months that take that real strong amount of time but are real passion pieces. Mm -hmm. I like live for those. And I mean, I've been underwater diving with NASA astronauts. They live underwater. Um, several times a year um, to actually train on uh, living underwater in the only place in the world. It's a, it's a, it's a school sized bus, if you will, about 85 feet underwater in Florida. Um, They train to simulate microgravity. I've had opportunities to go down and uh, train with see how they're training the astronauts. Um, I just came back from the Philippines where I was learning, you know, where the super typhoon was two years ago and just wiped out so much of the area, it's still devastated. And being in the center of the city, um, in the middle of the island, and there was a, a vessel, a steamship, just displaced. Imagine like a steamship like being right in the middle of Times Square. Like seeing these places and then reporting on how technology is changing the game there and giving people more hope and more opportunity for jobs and to make a comeback. Those are the stories that I get so excited about. 
I think people don't really realize that, so I'm glad you kind of touched on that stuff because they probably see you talking about the cool tech out for Christmas or about you know <laughs> Roman Reigns's uh, fake colored contact lenses or whatever, and they don't think about <laughs> all the the important stuff that you actually you know get the you know quote unquote important because uh, everyone has different priorities. But this is real hard hitting stuff that I think any self respecting journalist has to at least do once in a while uh, to keep that part of their of themselves fresh. Yeah, and I think it keeps my mind really excited, you know, and, and I think also being at this point where, and I have not lost perspective on the opportunities I have where, you know, we're going to a breakfast, I work for Popular Science, we had a very intimate breakfast a few weeks ago with um, Neil deGrasse Tyson, who was talking about, you know, how Elon Musk wants to nuke Mars and make it habitable, terraform it, make it a planet, like having these conversations with some of the most brilliant minds in the world is, again, one of those things that I get obsessive about tapping into and very curious about and then sharing it with my audiences. So uh, anytime I have the opportunity to do that, I'm, like, all in. You name-dropped, you know, Bermuda, Philippines, doing stuff like this, you know, <laughs> once every two months. Um, me, I do maybe a fifth of what you do professionally. Um, and even still, like, I, I had to hopefully take this as a badge of honor. I had to turn down a date with a girl tonight because I said, no, I got this podcast and like I said, I've been looking oh, forward to this one. Cute. So, but stuff like that, where not even that, but it's, you know, ex coworkers want to meet up and grab a drink. My family wants to hang out. Um, you know, people mm. want to go to trivia night. And it's like, oh, sorry, I got to prep for this. I got to do this for work. And like I say, I can't even imagine what your schedule is like. Do you have time for a personal life? Do you ever go bowling? Or like, what is this always just work, <laughs> work every day? It's so funny to me because I find like my work isn't like a job. Like, I finally, it's, I pick and choose what I want to do, and I find it so interesting that that's why I love, like, spending 20 hours a day on it. And if, if I want to pick up and go, and, like, if I found a piece tomorrow in the Faroe Islands or in Hong Kong, I would just pick up and go, and I would shoot that piece. But to me, to be on location, I have to have, like, I like to be working. Um, but I think there are some things as a, as a person that are, I call my non-negotiables, like my family, for example, I have three older sisters and they're just all starting to have kids. So mm. I'm like the cool aunt. I'm at least <laughs> someone thinks I'm cool. So I'm going to ride that out as long as possible. You probably get them the um, best gift. So, so that's love, your easy entryway. Oh my gosh. I go in there like Santa Claus comes in the door every <laughs> single visit. It is like the most exciting thing ever. And I am like, I started coding when I was like 12, 13 years old. And now I have this little mini me, six-year-old niece that is just like, she has the same glasses as me. And she just thinks <laughs> that like, I am awesome. And I'm like, this is the coolest thing ever. So I'm like teaching all about technology. She's going to be a hacker. I love it. That's amazing. Um, that, so my family is my non-negotiable. And also um, I volunteer I've been over um, with a, a boutique um, charitable organization that works with families with uh, kids with cancer over here in New York for four and a half years. And I actually just signed on to the board of one of the boys that was really a best friend to me. He, he used to say, um, he'd go, I'm C3PO and you're R2D2. And we, I was his BFF for five years and one of my closest little siblings that I took care of over at the hospital. And um, he just passed recently. So I just signed mm -hmm. on to his um his foundation and I started to help run that and that's my non-negotiable and I don't care what jobs I have to turn down and what work I have to turn down those kids are I don't think I'll ever have kids but those kids are my life and I will do everything I can to make my stamp and my difference in the world through through those kids. I was hoping to segue to wrestling, and this is like we got real serious there. And now to talk about you know Seth Rollins' torn ACL, is, I feel awkward. Um, so I, I will segue that to wrestling because I have to say the the superstars. And you know, after doing so many interviews, 
you become friends with these individuals. Yeah. And they're really cool. And they have a job and they have a job. And you get to know them. And they have been so awesome. Recently, I'll, I'll overshare and probably a story I shouldn't, but I was in Dublin at an event and I had a situation with a, a little individual that was terminally ill, passing away any, any day. And I really just came into contact with them in Ireland just briefly, just by chance and meeting. And, you know, I sent out a text to a few of my buddies, and within two seconds, all those guys were out there. And they, they didn't have to be out there taking care of them and signing autographs, and it was just awesome. So I really, there's some serious gratitude in the, in the giving back that the wrestlers do. I remember, I think I saw, I mean, obviously John Cena gets all the Make-A-Wish uh, publicity, but one documentary I saw on the network about him from a few years ago, just signing the autographs for posters that were being given out to charity, and they time-lapsed oh. it, and it was like six hours he spent just signing his name over and over. Um, it's insane. But yeah, they're great, and you host now, it's a State of Wrestling with Sam Roberts on uh, for SI. Um, what do you think as a, as a fan, apart from all that stuff, the actual product, what, uh, give me the 32nd state of wrestling, uh, that people can then follow up <laughs> on actually listening every week, but, you know, give us kind of your general thoughts as a fan on the product right now. Yeah, definitely. So I, um, we host state of wrestling on sports illustrated. So it's a brief show every week. It's a digital show, but then we do his long form podcast, right. which he has really brought me into a different kind of the wrestling world. I have been a fan my entire life, like out the womb. I mean, if you know me, my favorite wrestlers of all time are IRS and Tatanka. I can go back to 80s trivia. Oh, Tatanka's like, my favorite too. Shut up. Yeah, I actually have a t-shirt. And I like to say, you, well, now with this Legends contract, we're taking some credit for it because we put him back on the map, we like to think. Okay, well, thank you for yeah bringing <laughs> that part of our childhood podcast. back. Yeah, I actually, I gave myself and, a little Christmas present, a t-shirt of his from a pro wrestling piece in route to my apartment sometime this week, so... Oh my gosh, I have purchased more Tatanka tees than I am pro wrestling tees. I can't even tell you. I think they're like this girl's weird stamp her account. All right, red flag. <laughs> um, yeah, so, red Sam, flag. so Sam's got you deep into it now. Well, he's got me into it in a way, like I have always approached it strictly as a fan. Like we talk about how I just honestly don't have a lot of time. Right. And I, that is like my, like, my whole life I've watched it and that to me is like my, my relaxed time. That's something I always have on in the background when I'm doing work and just knowing so much about it. But then now getting in depth on it and covering it from the inside, but also I've been a journalist for so long that it was kind of like a natural fit, but really I have to hand it to Sam and giving me that courtesy to have a mouthpiece on his program that he's established for so long. Um, he's been in the business for wrestling business for I think like a decade so, I mean, it was, it was, he and I are really good friends, and it, it's fun for me because he, he knows, like, a lot more trivia and a lot more in-depth than I do because he's reading the sheets and he's reading deep on um, a lot of Internet stuff. I, I purposely stay away from that. So I really come at it as a fan angle, mm -hmm. which gives two totally different perspectives. Um, yeah, so, I, I mean, like, right now where we're at, I think, like, obviously we're starting to already ramp up in that timeline for WrestleMania. I think we're going to see a Cena Undertaker. Um, that's my suggestion. Oh, that's, your, that's your pick, huh? Okay. Well, and I say that because with seeded information, so on my podcast, um, I just had Willie Geist and Matt Lauer on. And Willie, who's an anchor on the Today Show, if you don't know, he's an awesome dude. And John Cena comes on and hosts the Today Show. He did like a full week. Yeah. And the anchors were like really impressed with him. Like he came in with extra notes and extra preparation. And I guess the feedback on him was like when he comes in and shows up to something, he's like focused. Like that's what he's doing that day. 
He's in it a hundred percent. And I just like really respect that. Um, but really my point here is he said that, um, he goes, so during a commercial break, he's like, yo, Cena. So like, what's the deal? You and Taker, man? He goes, I don't know. Like, oh, never that means stayed, he does know. But Willie goes, I know. Willie goes, I'm an expert in body language. And I'm like, <laughs> I think it's going to happen. So I'm like, well, Willie, I'm with you. I'm totally with you then. So I think that's going to be the big one for WrestleMania. But um, we still have TLC to get through before that. Yeah. And, oh, my gosh. We, I mean, it's just in a weird state right now. I think, you know, obviously ratings are low. Mm-hmm. And obviously they're trying, like, a ton of new stuff. I think NXT continues to strive. I personally... If you ever have the chance, and you should totally come down with us sometime, the NXT shows in Florida that are at, like, these really small venues, that's my jam. They look and, like, so fun. I grew fun. up in Erie, yeah. Pennsylvania, in, like, a really small town, and, like, I used to go to backyard wrestling with my friends all the time. <laughs> when you can see <laughs> NXT wrestlers and also the next batch of wrestlers where it isn't televised, these events, it is awesome. Like, you're, everybody has a front row seat, and you're watching the next big superstars. It's almost like you, you, it's unfair. Like it's like the best part of wrestling, I think right now. But, um, in terms of the main roster, I think, you know, a lot of shakeups are happening. A lot of people are injured. Yeah. Too many. And, um, too many. It's, it's, it's a really interesting time right now. I actually, uh, I, I try to say hi to you. I went to the, the takeover show at Barclays this summer, right before SummerSlam, and I was in line with the regular, I, I was in line with the regular people trying to get through a metal detector or whatever. And then I see you and Sam get escorted, you know, mage as you are, uh, past the line. And I saw you and I went to go say hi. Like we hadn't talked in a while at that point. And literally just a horde of fans like came over to you guys. And I was like, oh, lost my chance. And then you were, you were whisked away forever. So I'm glad we got to talk about this. Cause oh, yeah, I'd love to watch, uh, a pay-per-view with you like sometime games. or something. For sure. That would be a blast. You just have to be gained, like, eat a lot of crappy food, throw it on a cup of brewskis, and maybe hold up a sign. Wow. The, you're making it sound like that's an obligation. I mean, I would do that. I would pay for that. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. We're, uh, the clock's ticking, so we're going to get to uh, the fun five, which is the way I end every podcast. We try and get five just quick kind of random questions. And the first one, just to put a bow on the wrestling talk, and I actually – WWE actually offered me a job last year, and yeah, I had to turn it down for personal reasons, but one of the questions in my job interview is the question I'm going to ask you now. If you could be oh, wow, okay. if you could be in a tag team, and this could be women's or mixed, with any current superstar, and you can use anyone who's injured, pretend they're healthy, who would you be in a tag team with? Oh my gosh, this is like one of those questions I really want to put some like thought into. <laughs> Kind of weird that the first one to come off. Well, I don't know if I want to go with that one. Ooh, I now, now I want to hear oddly. at least who that was. Yeah, I was going to say Sheamus. Oh, okay, you're a you're it's, a front runner, you're a gold so, digger, you go for the champ. Maybe that's maybe no, I'm not. No, I can hold my own weight, but everybody kind of hates him, mm-hmm. and I feel like that would be kind of like a dynamic mixture. But then I also want to say like maybe Rusev or hmm. Get the We Want Katie chance instead of We Want Lana. That could work, I think. See, we're onto something. <laughs> yeah, I smell money. Bring back IRS. Oh, money. man. Well, his sons There's are all over the place now, so you could do a family stable, yeah. Uh, my answer was Seth Rollins, for the record. This was back in January before he was Aww. champ, so I was in on the ground floor oh, of heel good. Seth Rollins, yeah. That's good. Um, all right, so question number two. You have your, your full, expansive, it's, it's holiday season now, your big Christmas shopping list, which is available at your website, um, and I'll let you plug everything there at the end, but if you could only pick one thing, one gift uh, suggestion this year, 
let's say under a hundred dollars, what would you mm-hmm. most recommend? This is an easy answer. I actually purchased every single member of our crew on today's show. One of the gadgets that I showcased the other day on air, it's called the iMary charger. It is a lightning cable for your iPhone, except it is 10 festive LED lights. So when you plug it in, it looks like a Christmas light, string of lights. Oh, nice. It is like 15 bucks, and it's just like one of those go-to gifts every single year. And every single person I've given it to is like, this is the best thing ever. <laughs> and I was like, I know, right? It's like amazing. So that would be my go-to. And actually, I get to go back to my question number one, too, because I've been stewing on this. I would like to be in a tag team with the brood. I'm going way back. Oh, wow. Okay. Like, yeah, like a little gangrel edge action. I like like the whole weird vibe, like with a cup of blood and crap or whatever it was. I'm gonna I'm gonna do that. I'm gonna go in the brood. That's a good answer. I remember. I think it was uh, it was a cheap heat. I know your rival wrestling podcast over on ESPN. They were talking about it one time. How WWE is always a little bit late on pop culture references, but they were super early on the vampires. Like <laughs> they were way early on that. Fifteen one. years early. Um, all right, cool. So the brood we got, and then uh, and then the the cable for the Christmas gift. Um, yep. Originally, you and I crossed paths back when you broke a Guinness World Record back in the day. Yes. I asked you where you keep your Emmy. Where do you keep your World Record certificate? Well, now I feel like I'm gonna have to backtrack, embarrass myself because I'm like, oh, I gave my Emmy to my mom. <laughs> but sadly, I was I'm such a nerd about my Guinness World Record which, by the way, was the most high fives in one minute, and I beat a clown named Giggles in the U.K. for this record. Bucket list. I, <laughs> as soon as you walk in my apartment, I have it hung up on a plaque. There it is. Nice. <laughs> so I'm like, you know, when you, you imagine, like, you have, like, a guy come over, and you're like, I won that. You know, as soon as you walk in, like, you won that Guinness record. Hey. Oh, gosh, I'm such a loser. If that's not sealing the deal, I don't know what else, what other tricks you right? have Right, look sleeve. at that. Um, You've got your your podcast now, which is why you were kind of an iTunes uh, banner cover girl recently. Uh, You've been doing that for a couple months, I think, right? Yeah, it's actually, it feels so new. This is like, this is scary, but fresh territory for me because I've never had a project. I've hosted many shows over the years and and blessed to do have done so, but nothing with like my name to it. Mm -hmm. So now with um, www.katie.show, I literally named it after my URL. Um, it, it's really, I have a lot of, I, I put a extra pressure on myself and just the number of guests, whether, and thank you for bringing it up, whether it's, you know, I met an astronaut a few weeks ago that also summited Mount Everest and I was like, oh my gosh, I'm fascinated by you. Can you come on the show? Or my friends that are, you know, doing TED Talks and artificial uh, intelligence and how robots are going to take over. Or I just interviewed Dan Slott, who is a genius writer for uh, Marvel, who writes Amazing Spider-Man and Silver Surfer. I'm pressuring myself to bring on the most amazing guests, um, but also just to keep it entertaining and digestible. Like really good, even if you're not a fan of technology or science, you're going to learn some really funny stuff. And and the banter that we all have is like hilarious back and forth too. So I'm, I'm very proud of it and just overwhelmed by the response this far. So this was, this was going to be my question, my original question for that. Who would you say is your dream guest? Who would be your dream book? Wow, it's a loaded one. I would probably say maybe like an Elon Musk or mm. Mark Zuckerberg or a Sheryl Sandberg. All right. Because I'll... I would want to stay enough in that category of technology but then have fun with it. So, yeah, I would probably go those three. Right. Those open you up to a million different avenues you can take um, with any yeah. one of them. 
All right, last question for you, Katie, because I know you got to go, and I'm already keeping you a little bit over. The old... oh no, I'm not the black. Oh, good. Um, well, then you, I could be. You could say that I would be your dream podcast uh, booking. So then, yeah, we'll, we'll keep this well, conversation well, going. Questionnaire. I didn't want to sound cheesy. No, <laughs> you have to come on my podcast for sure. All right, we'll make it happen. Uh, last question, number five here. The and you're, this is a fill in the blank. So put yourself in your shoes here. The only way I'll be disappointed with Force Awakens is if blank it sucks <laughs> <laughs> i can make the most generic answer yeah you're really if dug it's deep lacking for that a, a plot line if it's lacking a storyline if there's no arc all right what, what's, you, your, com- what's your confidence so level though I'm, I- that damn movie. I'm like you can't screw it up at this point like yeah. there's there's no room for error there's no way it's going to be horrible I, that's it, what it i kind of doesn't feel, even yeah. have the room and Harrison Ford, who's always me? oh, hundred percent. And even Harrison Ford is always like he's the first one to say if he's calling bullshit if his movie sucks. He's doing this whole press tour where it's like oh, this is the most amazing thing, my favorite Star Wars. So I think I think we're in good hands. And like you said, it's J.J. Abrams. I'm, I'm kind of there's no way this can get fucked up. I don't think. No way. No way. All right. Well, it's gonna be exciting. I actually, are you doing the marathon or just the uh, the seeing the new one? I'll probably just have time to see the new one. Yeah, yeah. I asked the girl who works 20 hours a day, and I'm like, do you have an extra 18 <laughs> hours to watch all the Star Wars in a row? All right, Katie, this, is, uh, this was awesome. Plug everything that you can plug or that you want to plug. Let the people know where they can find more about you and all the new stuff you got coming out. Oh, you're so kind. Well, first off, uh, yes, my podcast is uh, katie.show. It's in the technology section, obviously. And then I've put together a – it took me months – if you are looking for an awesome tech gift from Star Wars lovers to um, maybe your girlfriend or your pet, I have a massive compilation on katie.gifts. So it's www.katie.gifts. And, of course, I'm very good. I try to be about Twitter and Facebook, all things Katie Linendahl and katielinendahl.com. So number of different URLs you can find me at. And, yeah, thank you for that. Oh, it's a pleasure. Thank you for taking the time. And to everyone listening, uh, make sure to check out MikeJanella.com for this episode and all the other past episodes of the show. We'll also have a little info on Katie, so in case you don't know how to spell her name or anything, you can definitely find all the places you can find her, and we'll have all the links that she just mentioned. And you can also find out about the awesome outro music that you're hearing right about now. Katie, this was a blast. I hope to do it again sometime, and I can't wait to watch some wrestling with you. Good luck uh, and happy holidays. Looking forward to it. Happy holidays. All right, thanks a lot, everybody, for listening. Make sure to subscribe, like, uh, rate on iTunes and Stitcher, and I will do better next time. See ya.